0: Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from CuriousCast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best, Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. Fast food companies are competing to dominate their own portion of the plant-based burger craze. It's at fast food chains. It's at big box stores. You can go
1: everywhere and find plant-based food now. So it, it's big. Popularized by the company Beyond Meat. To build up a company like that and deliver really is the master class.
0: I'm Nikki Reitmeyer and this is Why. It's a name that you've undoubtedly heard over and over and over again. Beyond Meat,
1: plant-based meat alternatives company. Beyond Meat.
0: Beyond Meat. Beyond, Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat burgers.
1: Beyond Burger over here. The
0: company Beyond Meat. A few quick facts for you: They were founded in California. The year was 2009, and the guy who started the company is named Ethan Brown. He's now worth over 200 million dollars. Beyond Meat makes vegan meat. It's not real meat. So while they sell burger patties, those patties are actually made from stuff like pea protein, uh, rice protein, mung bean protein, canola oil, coconut oil, potato starch, apple extract, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know how a steak might bleed when it comes off the barbecue and you cut into it? Well, a Beyond Beef product bleeds as well, but it actually bleeds beet juice. The company has been a powerhouse, an absolute sensation. When they went public back in May, their IPO was set at 25 bucks. The first trade for the stock was $46. That's 84% above the IPO price. When the markets closed on that first day, the stock closed at 65.75, 163% above the IPO price making it the best-performing first-day IPO in nearly 20 years. As of late August, the stock is trading at around 150 bucks. Yes, the company lost almost $10 million in the second quarter. Maybe you read that in the news. But it still beat its expected revenue. The company is worth $14 billion. The stock has increased by 800%. Now, A&W were quick to jump on board, popularizing beyond meat in the fast food industry. The new burger was so popular, it actually sold out of fast food chains, leaving the company unable to supply the demand. They had sold 90,000 burgers in just the first three days. Sales like that have been leaving other fast food companies hungry as well. So how are other fast food chains responding? Claire Allen is a colleague of mine at the radio station where I work. She spoke with Dr. Charlebois, director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab and a professor in food distribution and policy at Dalhousie University.
2: Oh, hi, Dr. Charlebois. It is uh, Claire Allen calling from CKNW Radio. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Very good. Veggie burgers have been around for a really long time. And I'm just wondering why Beyond Meat Burger has really taken off.
1: Well, there's there's one simple explanation. Uh, veggie burgers in the past uh, tasted like crap. <laughs> And now products that are coming uh on the market really taste good and, and people want more. They will buy more. If you recall back in 2003, McDonald's actually uh, launched its own veggie burger and uh, was a huge failure just because it didn't taste good and people didn't want it. They were just checking a box. This time around, the approach is much more sophisticated, uh, much more refined, which is why there there is some success with, uh, with the Beyond Meat product.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you said some success, but I, I know that... Bill Gates has said that Beyond Meat is the future of food, and he's an investor in the company with a lot of other high-profile people or celebrities. And now the burger has led the company to be worth 14 billion US. But in your release today, you said that there was a uh, the company re- reported a loss in the second quarter. What do you attribute that yeah. loss to?
1: Uh, it's Beyond Meat is is an 11-year-old startup. Uh, let's face it; uh, it really started slow has built up over time, uh, got some uh, really interesting investors involved. A couple of years ago, it, it did expand in the U.S. and uh, had to uh, ramp up its production. This time around, it's different. I mean, the the, the product is actually sold in, in over 35,000 retail outlets and restaurants. Uh, to build up a company like that and deliver really is a master class. That's the one legacy that uh, Beyond Meat is giving us is the fact that it has proven to the world that uh, you can scale plant-based manufacturing up significantly. And they're actually going back to the well to get more money to uh, increase capacity. It's been an amazing uh, uh, execution uh, with, with Beyond Meat. They have signed some key partnerships with key players uh, with Dunkin' Donuts in the U.S. and and in Canada with Tim Hortons, and, uh, and they're relying on these partnerships to increase their sales. So losses in the first couple of quarters aren't necessarily a challenge for Beyond Meat. What What is a challenge is the fact that they are in the middle of a very divisive debate around plant-based proteins and the meat sector.
2: Right, and you mentioned that in your uh, release, you said that Beyond Meat's fixation with replicating the taste and texture of natural meat products has become the company's greatest weakness. What exactly do you mean by that? Why would that be its greatest weakness when that's what a lot of people like about it?
1: Well, I think a lot of people are are starting to confuse both because of all of the rhetoric that we're hearing on both sides, especially around uh, environmental stewardship and health benefits. Right now, a lot of the debate is, is confusing people more so than anything else, and, and that's not good for, for beyond meat or even the meat industry. For Of course, as part of their strategy, their strategy was to really attract flexitarians, and flexitarians are still attached to meat, but also uh, there are some consumers out there who are wondering whether or not they should reduce the amount of, of meat they consume. And so and that's why the Beyond Meat product is there. And they wanted that product really right next to the bloody stuff in the meat counter so people can have a choice. But the problem right now that they're facing is that they're starting to be seen as a Me to product provider because they're so obsessed in replicating what beef does, what chicken does, what pork does. At some point, and I know why they're doing it, of course, they just want to attract some attention. But down the road, they're going to have to start thinking about providing to the market a plant-based taste, and, because the market will mature. You'll, in a couple of years, and probably by the end of this year, you're likely going to walk into your favorite grocery store, and there'll be a plant-based section, like you're finding a produce section, or a meat counter, or a fish section. I think that's where we're going, and, and that section will have to offer something different then what's at the meat counter
0: coming up later in this episode does plant-based mean more healthy you may be surprised by the answer you're listening to this is why a national radio show and podcast from global news
2: There's been a little bit of backlash that we've seen in the recent months to this Beyond Meat surge in popularity. What has that backlash been?
1: It's been interesting to watch all companies that have a strategy. Uh, obviously, companies uh, with a uh, customer base committed to animal proteins have been quite clear. Arby's and Chipotle uh, are two companies that, that, that have done it. There's been a few smaller chains in Canada that have done it, but of course they haven't made as much noise as Chipotle and Arby's. Essentially, uh, companies that uh, that uh, stand to lose in hedging against animal proteins will be quite explicit about their position. Tim Hortons and Duck and Donuts are interesting cases because both of these companies are not necessarily known for their animal proteins. They're known for, for coffee and, and, and donuts and, and muffins. With animal proteins, they're neophytes. So. What they're trying to do is deliver on, a, uh, on an inclusive strategy. So if you, if you do have one person who's a vegan or a vegetarian in one group, right now they, they may actually lose the business of an entire group coming into to a restaurant. So they're trying to basically make sure that they, they cover all corners by uh, expanding their plant-based portfolio on their menu.
2: Right. Do you think that was a direct response to when a launched their breakfast sandwich that had the Beyond Meat patty? Because they did that. Obviously, they were the first ones with the Beyond Meat burger. Then they had the breakfast sandwich that was available at the Beyond Meat. Tim Hortons had nothing like that. A lot of their stuff was either just egg or egg and meat of some sort. Do you think that was a direct response to that?
1: Uh, not really. I don't think Tim Hortons cares much about A&W, but they do care about McDonald's and they know what, what's going on in McDonald's. McDonald's is in a very awkward position right now. McDonald's for decades has uh, made itself a key ambassador to Canadian beef. and In fact, they've actually invested in the Canadian Round for sustainable beef back in 2016 to redefine the value uh, of, of beef and, and, and make it more sustainable. Uh, to counter this plant-based uh invasion for them to decide to uh, adopt beyond meat would be awkward of course it may, it would go against uh their own customer base and and that's why i think mcdonald's is still uh, remains on the sideline i'd be shocked if they decide to go ahead and and frankly when you look at beyond meat even if mcdonald's decides to go ahead with Beyond Meat, Beyond Meat couldn't deliver. It's not big enough because McDonald's is way, way too big. Keep in mind that McDonald's in Canada, in terms of sales, and the number of outlets is nine times bigger than the nine other competitors combined together, from number two to number ten. So McDonald's is a huge player, and typically when you see trends like this, often... McDonald's will set the tone and everyone else will follow. This time around, uh, A&W decided to go ahead uh, to become the ambassador to plant-based dieting. And then Tim Hortons followed suit a few months ago.
2: What would your advice be to McDonald's? Because obviously we've seen that there's a customer base that wants this Beyond Meat product or plant-based alternatives. What can McDonald's do so that it doesn't fall behind?
1: Uh, it's, an, it's an interesting question. The veggie burger back in 2003, I believe, was a, was a failure by design. I don't think they were, that, that McDonald's was interested in making the veggie burger a success just because of their affiliation with, uh, with the cattle industry. This time around, it, it's a tough one for McDonald's. Uh, I actually have no idea what, what kind of advice I would give them, other than perhaps wait until the market matures. Because right now, there are, there are a lot of things in flux. Beyond Meat is doing something that I was expecting, say, five years from now. Not now, I mean, it's happening way too fast, and and you're seeing more and more companies coming on stream. Depending of how Beyond Meat's allure is affected by, by this debate, uh, I suspect that at some point, McDonald's will want to uh, reevaluate its position. For example, if there is a Canadian player coming on stream that would have the capacity to supply all of the restaurants in Canada, maybe that could be an opportunity for McDonald's to move forward.
2: Can you explain a little bit the sort of debate that Beyond Meat finds itself in when they said that Beyond Meat is healthier than beef. And that's not to be true. So can you kind of explain like what the issue is with that debate? Because a lot of people think, oh, plant-based, healthier than meat. But that may not be true, right?
1: Well, potato chips are plant-based and they're not healthy. That's a good point. That's That's really the reality. And so, of course... When I'm, when I'm talking about uh, the market maturing, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's about education. People will actually get educated. We know way more about trans fats. We know way more about sugar, sodium. The new food guide reflects our level of knowledge about nutrition. Things change. Uh, it's in the food guide. Uh, the food guide recommends plant-based, I, which I always thought was a bit of a mistake because, again, it leads to confusion. And some plant-based products are basically not healthy. Equally confusing is this whole notion of processed foods to basically ask Canadians to stay away from processed foods is a bit ridiculous because there are some pretty darn good healthy products out there that are processed and can save us time, especially for single mothers. So with all that happening, it's very difficult for Canadians to get probably informed about anything, especially around plant-based eating because it's so new. Grocers are struggling with it. Manufacturers are struggling with it. But things will settle down in a few years from now. Like I said, there'll be a section where people will get hired to support plant-based dieting, and and they'll change their procurement strategy. And all of these things will change, which probably will give uh, some companies an opportunity and companies like McDonald's, for example, to reevaluate.
2: What do you think this means for Beyond Meat in the future? What, how, how do you see the future of that company growing? Or what, what kind of advice would you give the company?
1: Well, based on what Ethan Brown said uh, this week, the CEO of Beyond Meat, uh, his strategy is pretty clear is to capitalize on uh, on partnerships with uh, giving food first mover advantage to retailers or, or companies in food in food service. But uh, when you give a food service advantage to a company, you basically have one client. And so you need to think about uh, other types of products and you need to perhaps look at how you can expand your portfolio. I thought the strategy in Canada was much better than in the U.S. because in Canada, they basically got everyone all at once on April 29th. That was that was, that was incredible to see. I mean, because I, I, I'm in distribution and I can appreciate the work behind that. In one day, 3,000 retail stores in Canada basically uh, launched the Beyond Me product. And all it had to do, the company, was to make sure that all of these 3,000 stores had, had supplies. So moving forward, I would look at you know launching new verticals like other types of products that could actually replace uh, fish and, and chicken and, and, uh, and pork, and it's coming as well. At the same time, though, you don't necessarily want to continue to divide people and to oppose the status quo or, or, or challenge people that actually do like meat. There are a lot of people, 91% of Canadians actually do buy meat at least once a week or consume meat once a week. That's a lot of people. You don't want to annoy that base. So stay away from trying to replicate what beef does, but try to develop a, a unique plant-based taste. I don't know what, what that looks like or, or how you can define it, but at some point, they're going to have to figure out a way to move away from that Me too product-providing role that they have right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they'll have to change the name.
1: Yeah, that could that could be part of the strategy as well because that it has has attracted some criticism and uh, many many claims were submitted to uh, to both the FDA and the, and the CFI. Mm-hmm. So, wow,
2: well, it's yeah. fascinating. Thank you so much, Dr. Charlebois, for talking to me. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.
0: There are a few things to consider when we look at the growing popularity of plant-based foods and alternative meat products. There's the environmental angle. Just one aspect of that is if we take a look at deforestation to raise cattle. The Amazon has been ravaged by wildfires. A major blame is deforestation, especially in Brazil, where cattle farmers start fires deliberately to clear forests to make way for more ranching. Then there's the health argument. Canada's new food guide advises Canadians to consume less meat and eat more healthy plant-based protein foods. However, consumers should be cautious not to confuse plant-based with healthy, plant-based fast food burgers with something that's actually good for you. Are Beyond Meat burgers healthy? Well, as you heard Dr. Charlebois say, potato chips are plant-based and those certainly are not healthy but with the plant-based industry as profitable as it seems to be it is certainly a trend that will not go away anytime soon this is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and myself, Nikki Reitmeier. It's a national radio show as well as a podcast. You can download, subscribe, listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows from. Give us a rating and a review as well. Plus, you can always email us thisiswhy at curiouscast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.